is in the know for Thursday, September 29, the 272nd day of 2022. There are 93 days left in the year. Good morning, MB. Guiding you through In the Know at K105 on Litchfield's Country Station, 1039 The Moose. Live online at K105.com via the Apple and Android smartphone app using the SoundCloud, iTunes, or Spotify podcast on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter. And the hashtag is In the Know. Coming up today, we'll update you on the latest news headlines from around the community, the county, the Commonwealth, and the country. Ian moves through Florida, and now the uh, Southeast United States, the rest of it, is in the target. We'll tell you about that. Plus, Dr. Thomas Shorey, general surgeon from Owensboro Health Twin Lakes, is here. We're going to talk to him. That and a whole lot more coming up today here on in the show. Settling into my left, rolling Mach 9 with her hair on fire. The mom is my beautiful wife. The beautiful girl. Good morning, sweetheart. Good morning. How you doing? I'm okay. Are you trying to get under Sam's skin by wearing your Steelers colors, or did you just uh, incidentally happen to wear your yellow and black? Oh, uh, it, it's just, yeah, it was in my closet. Has nothing to do with Sam? The pants fit. I saw you try those slacks on. You're like, huh, look at these slacks fit. Well, yeah, yeah. the waistband may be rolled down. <laughs> I'm just saying, I, I really need well, to go you're shopping. Looking, you're looking very fall-esque there Thank with you. your uh, black and your yellow and do look like uh, a little bit like the Steelers colors there. He is the five-time winner of the coveted Ohio NewsHawk Award. He's a two-time Silver Sal uh, nominee covering every corner of the globe. London, Budapest, Rio, Tokyo, Cincinnati, and even Litchfield. He's Sam Gormley and the Sparks. Morning, Sam. Morning, Ralph. How you doing? Good. How are you? Well, had you noticed... No, I, you, I, you I hadn't paid any that, attention. I paid that okay. close attention. So I brought it up, and I and I didn't have to bring it up because I figured you. Anytime you see those two no, colors together, you, you just think you Steelers. You can't be wearing teal and orange tonight. Well, no. I mean, I think as far as like Sam looking at me, he he knows I'm not doing anything like sport intentional. I see. Yeah. Right. So it's all about the intent, not necessarily. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you might wear orange for the Cougars one time, but right. I don't know that. Like, <laughs> yeah, like I, I, it never crossed my mind that. I'm sure you probably don't even know who the Cougars play tonight, do you? <laughs> uh, it is on her calendar if she it bothered is. to look. If, yeah. if, so if she looked on the calendar, maybe she knows. I actually did look, but I've already forgot. That's okay. It's an adjoining. I know who they played last. It's a neighboring team. It's a neighboring that, team to the help, north. Does that help narrow it down? No, the north doesn't help narrow it down, Sam. Uh, Not for me. Whitney Carmen's your hint. I mean, it should. Yeah, oh, Whitney Carmen okay. would be your hint. All right. Very good. Uh, Aaron Judge now the uh, ties uh, Roger Maris last night. Got his 61st home run in Toronto. So a big night for him. He'd Only been, 12 to go to actually matter. Yeah, well, I mean, it's the <laughs> most in the most in the American League, and then he's got some others uh, some others to count. So then, of course, that leads to exactly what Sam's in, you know, referring to. Yeah, the, I don't know. The I mean, debate, it might, you know. It, it might just be me, but it's like... It, I don't know. I mean, I get it. It's cool. You've you've gotten the American League record, but you're not even remotely close to the actual record. But, Sam, you're going to have to put all that nonsense aside because here's the big reason that it's important. Aaron Judge hit his 61st home run on my mamaw's 94th birthday, and she had her Aaron Judge jersey with her when it happened. Well, that's good. Though. So I got to see her well, yesterday did, did, afternoon. Did you see the guy who... 
almost caught it. I did see his reaction. He was uh-huh. uh, he went from you know uh, windfall to bupkis uh-huh. in just a matter of minutes on uh, as thinking he was you know, he had he was about to do something and then it ended up in the bullpen and all that. I did like how they scanned it really quick. They had people oh, there yeah. to verify that that was it, so they they know because there's a lot of that old memorabilia. You think is that really the thing? Mm-hmm. But they have pretty good control measures on him this day uh, these days to kind of maintain authenticity. So anyway, we'll see. He's got a few games left to see you know how how many more he can pile up between now and the end of the end of the season whenever that may be for the Yankees but uh, got a few more games well, I don't in think the regular playoffs season would count, yeah, probably so. not uh, warmer breezy sunny for your Thursday we're going to see sunshine through tomorrow morning clouds are going to increase tomorrow afternoon and through the weekend showers remain possible on Saturday still holding at that 30% chance of rain for Saturday they have backed off the rain a little bit for Sunday down to 20% but it is still a possibility. The uh, remnants of now tropical storm Ian, which could could get could kick back up to hurricane when it gets into the Atlantic and then makes a left turn for South Carolina and the other uh, southeast coastal areas. But by the time it gets to us, obviously just you know rain showers and kind of uh, it has slowed down down to uh, to- tropical storm intensity already. But for us locally, sunny and seventy one today, clear and forty eight tonight. We'll see afternoon clouds tomorrow, high of seventy five, and then just get ready for some uh, minimal rain chances come Saturday and Sunday. Not sometimes like we historically see there there have been times when hurricanes will you know come up through the gulf of mexico even into say houston and then this come ashore and then they just track up the ohio valley and we just get rain dumped on us it, for a day it might have been but, chris chris bailey from wkyt he posted i'm not sure if you saw on twitter posted the the graphic of the map of the storms of everyone that has ever come through kentucky oh i did not see it, that it was no. really it was actually really cool like just seeing like it went back to i think 1939 uh-huh. So it was showing all of the ones, and then it even had a zoomed-out picture in the southeast of all of where they all go. It was really cool to see. It I like Chris Bailey, by neat. the way. I like Chris. Um, uh, saw him the other day. and the uh, he's, Meteorologist of the Year, right? Yeah, he, yeah, he is. And uh, he's a good Twitter follow, too, by the way, because I like how he, he, I hope it was him. he, dishes, it, he dishes it back sometimes. Uh, Hurricane Ian, the now tropical storm Ian, one of the most powerful storms ever recorded in the United States, swamped southwest Florida yesterday, turning streets into rivers and knocking out power to over two million people interesting angle you know even you're talking about being able to map all of the storms that uh, have come through kentucky but even by florida standards so this one it's been a quiet summer it's been a quiet hurricane season in the gulf and sometimes when you get some of the smaller ones it'll take it'll take some of the punch out of the atmosphere but this one because it's the first significant one of the season was uh, very powerful and it it it's taken it has taken an interesting angle you a lot of times will get storms that enter the southern gulf and just move on a pattern and they wobble and sometimes they hit they might hit panama city they might hit over toward destin they might be gulf shores they might be over into texas sometimes you'll see them and they will they will go up kind of skirt in the gulf and stay run parallel to the peninsula and then they'll just kind of take a right hand turn and go over the southeast then sometimes they'll creep up the atlantic and then just take a left turn into south carolina and georgia and those areas but this one is interesting because it moved into the southern gulf of mexico it started to move north and then turned to the right and went across the peninsula sort of at an angle then it will get over there in the gulf 
in the Atlantic where it will regain some fuel from the warm waters and then it will turn left again and then it will impact the southeast United States without the same punch that it had. But it's taken a very um, S-shaped track more than your J-shape or some of what you, you see. So it's not over for our country and people will try and, you know, pick up the pieces uh, hearing, you know, about some, some deaths, some people that didn't evacuate because they took warnings, maybe not serious enough. And so we pray for those people who um, may have made poor decisions and gambled with their safety. Oh, there's there, that image. There's your image. So so that's that's, it's actually really cool. Yeah, it's interesting to see. What, uh, and it was one that I was by the way, so if you're looking at this graphic, you see a bunch of it says unnamed 1888. It says, mm-hmm. you know, unnamed, unnamed. The first hurricane was named George and it was 1947 was the first named storm. And in case you're interested, the um, we are on um, Julia will be next. Julia, then Carl, then Lisa, then Martin, then Nicole, and they alternate. I did find it interesting, too. The one that has really only gone straight through Grayson County was Katrina. Interesting. And Uh, I I don't know that I really do that, but... There was was one, uh, maybe, it it might be Bill in 2015. No, it can't be. It's got... Uh, anyway, I don't, know, right, it's, I don't it's, have enough time to get yeah, bogged no, down. It's, it's but there was one I remember in particular that just basically tracked the Ohio River. And it, the wind during an NFL football game in Cincinnati, Ike. the wind was blowing Ike. like 70 miles an hour. Yes, because and, it uh, it destroyed our, one of our trees at our house. And okay. we didn't have school for like two or three days. Okay, so you didn't mind all that much. No. I got you. It was interesting watching, but we couldn't watch the NFL game because we lost power. So we had to listen to it and it was... It was all right. Yeah, uh-huh. okay. All right, uh, let's get to some of these headlines today. We'll run through these because some of them are uh, really less than palatable. A uh, Hardin County man who sexually abused a young girl while out on bond for molesting the same girl has been sentenced to prison. 44-year-old Michael Lehman of Radcliffe was sentenced in a Hardin County courtroom this week to 20 years for first-degree sodomy and five years for a first-degree sexual abuse. He was originally arrested in January 2021. He was then later released on bond and, re- and arrested just over a week after after his initial arrest. So there's some type of indirect familial relationship with this victim who was age seven, but there's not, it's not been published uh, the current age. So it's not actually known when this transpired, if this is recent, if this is older or what, but this person uh, is now serving a uh, prison sentence for uh, 20 years. A woman drove, uh, at least 20 years, a woman drove the wrong way on the Waterson Expressway yesterday, crashing into multiple, multiple vehicles with her unrestrained child in the backseat. Louisville police arrested 35-year-old Amy Wallace after she drove west in the eastbound lanes of the busy thoroughfare at times driving in reverse. She struck five vehicles. It happened yesterday about 9.45 a.m. I don't know. There's got to be contributing factors to that. A Kentucky State Penitentiary correctional officer has been accused of having sexual contact with an inmate. State police responded to the Eddyville prison after receiving a report from penitentiary officials of illegal sexual contact involving an officer and an inmate. A trooper responded and during the course of the investigation discovered 38-year-old Trista Fox of Princeton had sexual contact with an inmate. Fox was arrested, charged with uh, third-degree rape, and lodged in the Crittenden County Detention Center. She's no longer listed as an inmate. It, we hear with these weird stories, you know, the 
the the people that the deputy jailer that broke out the guy and they went on the run and were found in Evansville oh, or yeah. in that area. About a year just, ago or well, I guess when you put when you put people when people are confined in close quarters, you would like to think there's separation between the detainees and the detainers. But sometimes when you just put people in that close proximity to one another, it is. Uh, problematic. A man has been arrested in Logan County after a juvenile overdosed on fentanyl. The South uh, Kentucky, South Central Kentucky Drug Task Force arrested 19-year-old Timothy Smotherman of Russellville and charged him with trafficking in a controlled substance. Two counts of first-degree unlawful transaction with a minor, younger than 18, and uh, first-degree wanton endangerment. The investigation began on Sunday when a juvenile overdosed on fentanyl with uh, police discovering that Smotherman sold the juvenile the deadly synthetic opioid we're going to see this more because the byproducts of using fentanyl are so dangerous and so deadly that those uh, people are going to have to be held responsible in order to try and curb people. There's got to be an incentive not to do that. And suffering the consequences of that might have to be it. Former Lawrence County Attorney Michael T. Hogan and his wife and uh, legal secretary Joy Hogan were sentenced to 42 months and 12 months and one day, respectively, for wire fraud in U.S. District Court. Michael Hogan was also sentenced for federal program theft. The U.S. Attorney's Office for the Eastern District of Kentucky made that announcement. That's been ongoing for a while. Wife, the federal court always talks in months. Oh, well, yeah. and then you add in one day. Like, what? what is that? Well, that one day? It's for good measure. You know when they give you one to grow on? You know when you get your birthday spankings and they give you an one to grow on? That's uh-huh. the and one extra well, Maybe she'll day. get that day cut off for good behavior. Maybe. A Warren County project won the 2022 Governor's Award for the annual Beautify the Bluegrass program. It's sponsored by Kentucky's Electric Cooperatives and Kentucky Living Magazine. Operation Pride, if you've traveled I-65 through Warren County in the uh, recent times you'll see boy they have really spruced up and spiffed up the interchanges there that are trying to encourage more people to stop and visit bowling green he said it included planting trees and flowers installing blackwood fencing plus gateway exits with attractive signage and colorful flags there's one south of bowling green now that really is you know showing the pride of western kentucky university and all that so they were the winner uh the other finalists hodgenville elementary school veterans memorial park beautification Project in Liberty, Eastern Elementary Garden Club in Pleasureville, that's in Henry County, and the Lifeline Recovery Center Playground in Paducah were all the finalists, but Warren County is the winner. Uh, Kentucky and Ole Miss, one of the marquee matchups this weekend in Southeastern Conference football. That will be a, a day game on Saturday with uh, the SEC is now having a really good, uh, it's got a really great uh, crop of quarterbacks being paced by Will Levis at Kentucky. And then the rare Thursday night game for uh, Cougar football. Sam, the Cougars will host the Breckenridge County Tigers tonight. The Fighting Tigers. No, it's just the Tigers. <laughs> they, I hope they don't have much fight in them tonight. Uh, but you've got coverage tonight, and hopefully we'll have a post game look tomorrow. Yes, and also senior night, so we'll stream that as well. That starts at 6 o'clock. Football team has eight seniors, I think cheerleaders, and even the band will have seniors recognized, so we'll, we'll stream know, that as well. At I know the o'clock. band has their own senior night at the home show they might also i be believe that they are I, recognizing I them know. tonight at least that's what i read from somebody and, and then i heard rumor of a 
punt, pass, and kick contest. I did hear that, Will too. you and your team be involved? Uh, I now, I, now, I do know that I think Alex Cook's going to be on the field, and I can't confirm nor deny that he might see it and he want might. to join in. Okay, good. You yeah. know how the Cooks are. Owensboro Health is having a punt, pass, and kick contest tonight at the game. And speaking of Owensboro Health, Dr. Thomas Shorey, general surgeon from Owensboro Health, is uh, with us, and we're going to get introduced and learn more about uh, general surgical options and uh, that and more coming up here on In the Know. Today is National Coffee Day. If you know, you know. Can't live without it. Some people don't like it at all. But it is National Coffee Day. It is uh, Confucius Day today. It is World Heart Day. And it is the day we say good morning and welcome to Dr. Thomas Shorey. He is a general surgeon with Owensboro Health Twin Lakes. And uh, good morning. Welcome. Morning. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to, to see you. Uh, you're one of the... Uh, We'll call the fresh faces at Owensboro yes. Health Twin Lakes. I don't know when the last time you recalled a fresh face was, <laughs> but at least uh, here locally, you're a, you're a fresh face. How long have you been on campus with Owensboro? Health? Uh, I started in uh, April. In April, so you're getting settled in, and your uh, your your history with medicine. What what gave you an interest in medicine to begin with? Uh, I think uh, just a general interest in the sciences. Uh, in high school, I got involved with athletic training, um, and that really kind of opened the door with diagnosing and treating illnesses, uh, learning human anatomy, and then that kind of set me on a path to, to medicine and spent time with local uh, physicians working in their clinics and then uh, off to medical school and then found that surgery was where I fit in. The 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 surgeons are, well, I guess, what I would call sort of the the mechanics of the body, right? You take your car into the garage and got to get under the hood and <laughs> tweak some things and change some things, and it's a very hands-on type of uh, specialty of medicine. It seems as if perhaps you enjoy it. Yes, I, well, I think. Uh, surgeons, for sure, uh, we're proceduralists. We like working with our hands. Um, I would say the biggest difference is a surgeon is the kind of person that likes immediate results. Uh, you know, within sometimes seconds, minutes, hours, or days, you're finding out, you know, you're, you're noticing whether or not you succeeded and seeing the benefits of the operation uh, versus, you know, general medicine is more of a long-term game where you you give someone a medication, you have to wait weeks, months uh, to see the response. So I would say that for the, the type A, the extreme type A's are the surgeons. We we can't wait. <laughs> yeah, I got it. No, that's good. And when and God bless you for being that way because because we we need it. I, it is not to suggest in any way that the science of medicine has not evolved over the last hundreds of years. But I do know that in the time that I've been you know walking on terra firma over the last half century in our lifetimes, medicine has taken tremendous leaps and bounds forward because of technological advancement. Um, my guess is we've moved more in the last uh, 75 years, probably infinitely more than the evolution of, of science uh, and medicine over the previous maybe couple hundred years. Uh, my math may be a little fuzzy on that, but we're making leaps and bounds, but specifically in the area of surgery. For a long time, I know we've been cutting on humans and trying to be like to get a real feel for what's going on we've got to look in there but the 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 surgery the tactics of surgery have changed so much just in the last half uh, the last half century 
Yeah, it's uh, we've grown leaps and bounds. Um, and what's really interesting from a historical standpoint is Kentucky is right in the center of that. In fact, the first recorded successful laparotomy that is opening someone up, taking something out, putting them back together, and they lived, happened in Kentucky oh, yes. um, by a surgeon named Ephraim McDowell. Uh, and that was without anesthesia. So <laughs> <Ow. laughs> it was probably a rough night for everybody. Yeah. Uh, but uh, for sure, uh, over the last... Uh, uh, you know, just my time as a um, as a surgeon going through med school to now, uh, technology has just boomed uh, in the biomechanical field, biomedical field. Uh, you know, and what we go from now from what we consider what we you know general surgery to what we call minimally invasive surgery, where we're continually finding newer techniques to minimize incisions, minimize pain, increase. Um, uh, you know, just the benefit of the operation and to get patients back, you know, less less time in the hospital, faster return to work, faster return to full activity. I have a friend who says the only minor surgery that happens is to other people. Yeah, All yes. surgeries that happen to yourself are major surgeries. But when you talk about minimally invasive and, you know, minimal is minimal. That's a, you know, that is a, a term you can sort of zero in on. It's, it's not necessarily as relative as saying small, medium and large, but minimally invasive versus regular surgery kind of explain the differences between those it sounds obvious but for those that maybe can't quite connect those dots how do you describe the two right i think that's a big point that you just made that uh you know we say we're, we use the word minimal and people think that oh it's a lesser operation it's the same operation it's just doing it in a different way it's taking larger incisions and making them smaller uh trying to make you know things more cosmetic but really what you're doing is the same operation because you're making these incisions smaller you're disturbing the anatomy a lot less causing a lot less trauma because surgery is essentially controlled trauma to the body um you uh in, you know, you increase the ability to recover because you're disturbing things less. Uh, for instance, you know, when I first started out doing, uh, you know, surgery as a resident in my training, if you did a, a, a colon operation, let's say, um, elective colon surgery for like colon cancer or diverticulosis or diverticulitis, that patient's generally going to be in the hospital seven to 10 days, average, every, you know, and, and they're in the first. Five days, they're not eating, they've got tubes everywhere, and they're miserable. And that was just the way it was. Now, I'm regularly discharging people, usually on day three, you know, at the most, usually day five after an operation of the same magnitude. And that's just crazy and from my standpoint. Same operation, doing everything exactly the same, but doing it, um, you know, with cameras, uh, small instruments, and minimizing that incision uh, really just makes a huge difference because the body's just able to recover faster. I I have uh I have uh, my grandfather was a general physician and he always said that um he wouldn't mind me saying that for a long time the um hysterectomy was the number one produced uh, performed surgery in our country until the medical field and of course he's part of that he could say so until until doctors figured out everyone has a gallbladder <laughs> and then you know then then uh, you know gallbladder surgeries got very popular and uh, oftentimes they're warranted and sometimes it's preventative 
But I use gallbladder as an example of a surgery that 30 years ago would, you've been sidelined for a while and it was something, you know, significant. Those surgeries were at that period of time. But now you can, you know, you might have surgery on a Thursday or early on a Friday and maybe you're, you know, you're down for a weekend or, you know, four or five days. But that's a, that is one of those more quote unquote minor surgeries that really compresses the recovery time into a short period. Would that be a good example? of what you're describing? That's no, a great example. It's probably the keystone operation that really put laparoscopic surgery on the map for general surgery. Um, you took an operation that had, you know, fairly high uh, morbidity, uh, large incision, cutting through muscle, one of the more painful incisions really for an open gallbladder operation. Uh, lots of complications like pneumonia because it's hard to breathe when you have a really painful incision. Um, and you minimize that down to four incisions, three of which are typically five millimeters or less, and the other one that's about a centimeter. So if you're you know, want to be in American units, you're talking about, you know, somewhere around a quarter to a half of an inch incisions. Um, and with this laparoscope, you're magnifying your view of really tiny structures to four to five times. So you're you're seeing high res detailed images. Uh, you know our monitors and our cameras are higher resolution than most people's you know home televisions. Uh, we just use higher resolution stuff in the operating room. Uh, so being able to see things better, it's safer. Um, and yeah, the recovery. It's, we took something that was a five day stay in the hospital and made it an outpatient operation. Right here on my note, I say I have jotted down eyes on, and you you basically just described that what these types of surgeries do and the camera technology that you have, it allows your eyes to be inside the human body without having to cut to get to it to put your eyes on it. Is that a simpleton way to describe it? Yeah, yeah, we can slide a five millimeter camera. You know into somebody and be able to see what we need to see and in much more detail than we ever saw before i mean it was when i first started out it was all open surgery and you know and your your instructor is kind of you know your what we call attending physician he's leading you through the operation he's like you see that plane and that plane you're like yeah not really and uh, mm-hmm. but uh you know the beautiful thing about laparoscopic surgery is you can see these millimeter you know uh and even micrometer micrometer you know plane and so that means when you can see things like that, it means less bleeding, less trauma, and that's what gives you that quicker recovery. So there's uh, laparoscopy is uh, laparoscopy is obviously one of the minimally invasive tactics. But what are maybe some of the other lesser knowns? Endoscopy one? Yeah, there's uh, there's endoscopy. I think endoscopy. a lot of people are pretty uh, familiar with that, with uh, things like colonoscopies and upper endoscopy that, you know, for colon cancer prevention, uh, for diagnosing, you know, ulcers, reflux, uh issues with people's anatomy, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, your your ear, nose, and throat people, they've got all kinds of uh, gizmos and cameras that I can't speak a whole lot to. I don't do that. Uh, and uh, just as they're foreign to what I do, I'm kind of foreign to what they do. But then you have, you know, what we call arthroscopy, which is essentially the same thing I do in the belly that other people do. You know, they put a camera in your joint and they're repairing your tendons and doing shoulder surgeries with little incisions um, that way. And then, of course, people are really pushing the envelope and, you know, 
trying some you know new things you you see articles all the time about trying something new um and so who knows what's what's going to be next uh you mentioned some of the surgeries that you do or the surgical procedures that uh, you know the, the the common ones is there one that you see or that you perform more than i use the gallbladder as an example is there one you perform more than any other uh, well, I would say probably the most common because it is one of the most common operations in the United States would be uh, what we call a laparoscopic cholecystectomy or removing the gallbladder. Um, next in line, I would say, would be hernia surgery, um, you know, both inguinal hernia and abdominal wall hernias. Um, and huge benefit there um, as far as recovery. Typical, you know, return to work where we clear somebody that they say, okay, you can do whatever is uh, typically six weeks for an open traditional hernia repair. And we can bring that down to about two weeks uh, doing it laparoscopically, um, which is really, it's good for the patient. It's good, you know, people, you know, especially now we're all motivated to get back to work and then employers, you know, it's definitely good for them because they want their person back on the, on the job. So... I, I want to come back to patients in just a moment, uh, but I do kind of we we set the table talking about how the advancements that we've made just in the last half century. Do you is there anything on the horizon that sort of excites you or that you see coming that you think well we've made these leaps in this period of time we're really going to go somewhere when we get to can you see what's next? Well, I think what's really exciting, um, and you know, as for me, I'm a you know, science person, but uh, a lot of these, a lot of the things that kind of fueled a lot of the funding that came with a lot of these techniques um, were NASA driven or in some ways involved NASA. And with the idea with when minimally invasive surgery, these new robotic platforms that are uh, coming out um, and, you know, with telecommunications being faster, I mean, the whole goal is to how do you how do you operate on someone who's far away? So how do you operate on someone in space? How do you operate on someone in the moon? Do you have to have a surgeon there? Well, in the future, I don't think you're going to have to have a, a surgeon there. You just need to have the, a platform there, and the surgeon can be, you know, miles or you know away, which that is pretty exciting. It is um, exciting. And yeah. especially if you think of people in remote places, uh, in remote parts of the world, where they don't have access. Maybe they have access to someone who can at least get the instruments in, but somebody else can be an expert, can be doing the operation miles away. That's that's what I think is the next horizon, which will be very exciting. We all know that there's a relationship between physician and patient, and it starts usually with some type of, you know, preliminary uh, observation or an office visit. And in your case, there's probably a surgery consult, you know, that takes place, and then there's the actual surgery. And but I was reminded recently that. You're treating patients, of course, but the work that you do, Dr. Shorey, when it comes to the actual work, the patient doesn't know anything about it most often. But the families are out here waiting for the results or they're waiting to hear from you. And it it impressed upon me that you really treat families as much as you treat patients and you get to go deliver the news and say well things went better than i expected or that, that but is that something you enjoy doing or do you feel pressure in knowing that you're treating families as well as treating patients no i, I mean one of the best parts about being a, a physician being a doctor and i think this goes across all specialties uh is that doctor patient relationship and you're right it, it goes beyond that it goes beyond to this it, it includes a significant other the um 
you know, the best friend, the whoever is that person's support. Uh, and, you know, and, and there's definitely, you know, good and bad, but you, you engage in a, in a real relationship with that person and their, and their support group. And there are great times when you're high-fiving, uh, you know, and yes, we do high-five occasionally. Good. And, uh, yeah, you know, know, and, uh, and, you know, I've been hugged. I've been, you know, uh, clapped on the back. And then there are the hard times where you, you know, you have, you spend time in prayer together and you spend time crying together because unfortunately not all news is good news. Um, and, uh, but, uh, uh, that's what makes it, you know, uh, it makes it real. It makes it personal. It's the whole thing that drives everything. It's not just about, I think people think surgeons are all they want to do is, is operate. All they want to do is cut, cut and, on people. and things yeah. like that. But, uh, what, you know, what drives me at least is, is the opportunity to get involved with someone and, and help them through their illness. And that can be a variety of things. Most of the time, thank goodness, it's making them better and getting them from one spot to another or getting them through a horrible time in their life where they get this diagnosis of cancer and I'm helping them to conquer that or to get through that. And unfortunately, sometimes I do have to take them through a road that they don't want to go down. I don't want to go down uh, because not everything has – not every disease can be cured. But, you know, I can help them – walk through that with them and i think that's what makes uh makes the job uh you know that's what keeps you coming one of the reasons that i ask you that question specifically and why my thoughts went there is uh i told you before the show that ken howlett is our uh, news director and when he saw your name appear on the show schedule this was a few weeks ago i received uh, this from him, and I hope this won't embarrass you, but I, I I do want the community to know this. That Ken sent me a note that said that um, that he's known you for a long time and said that you were unbelievably helpful. I mean, these are Ken's words. Let me read them. Said helpful to my family, particularly my mom, when doctors were unsure of what was going on with my dad, Tommy. That's how much I know how long he's known you because he calls you Tommy, and he said. <laughs> Tommy took quite a bit of time when he really didn't have it and researched my dad's symptoms and presented a few different options to what was wrong with him. He spent a lot of time on the phone and at the hospital with my family. God doesn't make people any better than Tommy. And that is what took my thoughts to knowing you're not just treating patients, you're treating loved ones who are searching for answers. And when you talk about bedside manner, that's all, you know, that's all part of it. And, um, kudos to you for having that type of approach oh thank you that's that was really nice of him to say so his father was a amazing man so i was just it's my honor to have known him the community will get an opportunity in the coming days later in the month of october there will be an open house for i think it's october 20th and you'll be hearing all the particulars in the coming days um about uh, the times but there will be some screenings but more importantly it's an opportunity to meet some of these fresh faces including dr shorey at owensboro health uh twin lakes again it's it's in the afternoon hours on october October the 20th. Again, we'll get all the particulars for you. And it'll be, I know you're probably uh, looking forward to that opportunity to meet some fresh faces in the community that you've not met yet. Yeah, I've, I mean, I've, it's one of these situations where I've been around here. I grew up in Elizabethtown, uh, spent a lot of time on uh, Ruff and uh, Nolan. Uh, but, you know, I've, I've, I'm familiar with, but I don't know 
uh, deeply the community as well as I need to, and I'm really enjoying getting to know it. Uh, the people couldn't be better um, at Twin Lakes that I've been working with. So. We, we had to work very hard, but we did find a knock on your character. And Ken gave it to us. He 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 applauded you and he celebrated you, but he also gave me what your Achilles heel is, and that's that you're a U of L fan. Is that true? Uh, yeah, yeah it, it, it is. Uh, although that may be changing here soon, as, as my uh, my son was uh, overwhelmed by his uh, uh, visit at UK. He he really liked that. So it's, there may be some blue in the family pretty soon. That's okay. It's fair. It's fair to have. A fair amount of both, right? Two Kentucky schools, and uh, it's great to support them both. Listen, it's an honor and a, and a privilege to, to meet you. Uh, you were highly heralded before your arrival, and I hope you'll get a chance to come back soon, Dr. Shorey. Really appreciate you having me. This has been fun. That's Dr. Thomas Shorey from Owensboro Health Twin Lakes. we got to get to a break. We'll come back. Got more on the way here on In the Know. MB's Point to Ponder for today. Do you have any strange ways or peculiar ways to stretch dollars? I don't think so. No. Like, I'm not into extreme couponing or anything like that. Okay. Uh, but let me ask you, would you take a nearly empty bottle of shampoo and pour water in it and then shake it up to get more you more days out of a bottle of shampoo by, by diluting every it? every single bottle. You do do yeah. it every single bottle? So, well, you, no, I, I mean... I'm, but isn't it fair to say that... Your your shampoo is super expensive compared to my shampoo. Yes, I mean, and and I I I get every last little bit out of it and the conditioner. I mean, I've done that with like hand soap where I've needed it and it's like I'm out and need to go to the store and get some, and I've done that, uh-huh. but I'm not sure that I've ever done. Okay, just let me pause on this topic for a moment. So, is this better than Gangster's Paradise? Is it? It is. It, it, it's it's better than Gangster's Paradise. Yeah. Okay. Do you not like because? Um, do you not like? Um, uh, fantastic. Or do you not like Gangster's Paradise because Michelle Pfeiffer is in the video? They seem no. like strange bedfellows to me. Like no, Julio no, and Michelle it's Pfeiffer. Not, not bad. I mean, it's just okay. in yet- that era for me that I'm I'm sorry that I was listening to. Much other more. other things, mm-hmm. and I did just look it up too. The Keenan Kel theme is Coolio. Really? We own a mission. I don't. Here. There you go. I was trying to navigate around the lyrics here because I wasn't sure where the bomb was. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, we use the plain bread as hot. We use plain bread as hot dog buns, and for dessert, margarine and cinnamon on bread is what one oh, person listen, said. I, we we would eat cinnamon sugar bread all the time growing yeah. up. That was my little brother, one of his favorites. Yeah. Uh, one person said we had pork and bean sandwiches. <laughs> pork and beans. I mean, do you like have to use a fork yeah, to I don't know how like that works. mash the sides around so yeah. the beans don't fall out? I think you'd have to make a bread bowl, yeah, like a pocket, <laughs> like a Toast. bowl out of the bread. Uh, maybe that might hold it up a little bit. When they knew exactly how many days it was for a check to clear at every grocery store around. Oh. (laughs) Playing the float. Can't Mm -hmm. play the float these days. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. A lot of places don't even take checks anymore. That's right. It's almost instant. Filling the empty shampoo bottle. That's one that was on that list. Water in cereal. No. Never done that. Never done that. Uh, one person said, when I went to other houses and they had paper towels, I thought they were rich. 
I mean, I've... What did you have instead? You know, that's what I'm curious. Well, I mean, I've <laughs> seen paper towels be torn and folded for like into napkins. We do that all the time. Well, no, I mean, actually folded. Oh, I see. I see and what put you're in saying. the napkin holder like <laughs> numerous, well, right. numerous I mean, that's, ones. That's a lot of effort. I will say yeah. we do have uh-huh. cloth napkins in our home and they are the probably the least used item. Yeah. We say we've used them once in a decade. Well, like I that. mean, it was weird when at the KBA conference they brought out the cloth napkins and it was a little weird to use. Yeah, because it's like, why did you give me a hand towel? Yes. I got it. Uh, wearing bread, bread bags over my socks because my shoes had holes in them. Hmm. I've heard of doing that in the snow. Mustard sandwiches at school for lunch. I, mean, I, I like mustard, but I think you throw some bologna on there or something. See, I, think, I, I like barbecue on <laughs> bread. Barbecue sauce on bread. Sam Gormley sent this one in. Uh, Sam Gormley says, my brother's favorite breakfast was torn up into pieces with milk and sugar on it. It was called kitty soup. <laughs> what? What's torn up into pieces? Bread. Oh. Bread torn up into pieces with milk and sugar. They called it kitty soup. Uh, it wouldn't shock me if that would have been a little... Bro- I mean, listen, you probably could have put sugar on anything and he'd have eaten it. And then uh, BLTs without the B. Yeah. I'll 1,000% pass on that because the B is the best part of the sandwich. Uh-huh. Well, it is important. It's at least the protein part. I'll eat a BL. And then one person said, I got cassette tapes with songs recorded off the radio as Christmas presents and was thrilled with it. That's what we say. Um, those, well, are, those are things that stretching that dollar. Gotta, yeah, but yeah, I mean, there's something like a good mixtape that's gifted to you. There's, there's yeah. the agreement, too, on uh, my mom. 100% my uh, little brother would have done that. Yeah. I know very little about your little brother. Uh-huh. But for some reason, when I read Kitty Soup, I thought this could be Sam's brother. Yes. Yes. <laughs> he, he, yeah. It's right. a wonder that he's still walking in college <laughs> celebrity wheel of fortune uh is on tonight on abc the season six premiere of young sheldon is on cbs and nbc has law and order so what's going to happen on young sheldon uh remember Mima and georgie were getting arrested at the end of the in the season finale of season five so we got to uh-huh. know we got to know the resolution to Mima and georgie on how they get out of the clink and then it says Sheldon and Missy meet Mandy. So interesting. What significant character is Mandy? I don't know. I don't know that one. Today's highlight in history. We we'll get Cougar football too. Oh, I forgot sure. Cougar football uh, locker room show at six thirty, and then we'll have senior night as well at six. So let me ask you, Sam, which would you do better? Would you be better at punting, passing, or kicking? Probably passing. All right, so you can be the passer. We need a uh-huh. K one hundred five team in uh-huh. the in the Owensboro Health uh-huh. punt pass kick. Which one? See, I don't I don't know that I trust my left leg just enough yet to okay. to, to, to Okay, do a is the punter the one that, that drops it that bends down and passes through their legs? No, that's the long snapper. Yeah, it's long snapper. Okay, that's well, the, 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 pu- the punter the is the one that, that goes and drops it. Okay, I did actually play powder puff one year, uh-huh. and that was my job. So you were the center. Yes. You were the snapper. Okay, good. Well, that's what I, they told me to do. So that's right. what I did. So that's what you did. And you, you, okay, good. Some when you get old and lazy, the if you're playing pickup like football, you don't you don't straddle it and snap it. You just stand beside it and snap it back like that. So oh can, no! Well, they made me bend over. Okay. Usually, uh, usually when we but play we also had football, male coach, like. Yeah. Were you wearing a sign that said "Kick me"? Uh no, but so the the 
the football players were the ones who were coaching of course they the were. powder puff. So, mm, I of mean, course they were. There you mm-hmm. go. In uh, today's headline history, <laughs> this date, 1938, British, French, German, and Italian leaders concluded the Munich Agreement. I don't know what that was, but what year? Uh, 1938. Because now I'm caught up. Okay, so you said you said not the punting for you. <laughs> You, which one are you doing? I'd be the passer. All right. So is Alex going to so be the punter? So that's the one that um, throws long? Yes. Wait a minute. Kaler is obviously the passer. This is true. I mean, this we, is just, true. we just skipped right over QB1. This is true. So he's the passer. He's you the can, passer. You can be the kicker. I'll, I'll, you be, can be, I'll the, be the guy on the sideline that coaches him up. All right. Uh, we'll make Alex Cook. I feel like he could he, he, he could be the kicker. This date in 1982, the extra strength Tylenol capsules laced with deadly cyanide claimed the first of seven victims in the Chicago area and gave birth to my Halloween costume for 1982. I was impressed this morning when I read this story that it was the anniversary of that because so it became news on september the 29th by halloween this was my halloween costume and i had to make it i was a tylenol box i painted the box myself blue it looked like tylenol on the outside there's a photograph of it somewhere but i guess i didn't realize that that only happened the end of september but it left such an impression upon me at age 10 like ah tylenol box that would be really scary for halloween your brain works in interesting ways, so I I'm like not that, surprised. I like at least that you said interesting. Yeah, I'll take interesting. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't mind that one bit. I just just <laughs> let's do there. Jerry Lee Lewis is eighty-seven. Mike Post is seventy-eight. Bryant Gumble is seventy-four. Andrew Dice Clay is sixty-five. Chrissy Metz, who played Kate on This Is Us, is forty-two. Kevin Durant is thirty-four. Philip Phillips is thirty-two. Halsey is twenty-eight. Philip Phillips, there you go. Gone but not forgotten. Cervantes, born in fifteen forty-seven. He wrote Don Quixote, or I like to say Quixote. Don Quixote. Uh, Horatio Nelson in 1758. Gene Autry in 1907. Isn't there Don Quixote that lives in Edmonds County? Is that more of my brain working in interesting ways when I say Don Quixote? Uh, Bum Phillips, born in 1923. Larry Linville, born in 1939. Frank Burns eats worms. Madeline (laughs) Kahn, born in 1942. I love Madeline Kahn in Blazing Saddles. Uh, Okay, so those are your gone but not forgotten. Mm Mm-hmm. Let's go to some chart toppers and all the way back to 1954. Bill Haley in the comments. Shake, rattle, and roll. Uh, that song has historical significance, <laughs> significance to our show. goes back to the Chamber of Commerce dinner uh, 15 years ago. And so it's a, a laugh anytime I hear that song. The Ronettes, Be My Baby, number one in My baby now. Let's go to 1972. The OJ's number one. I love this song because it says what they do. Backstabbers. 
This song sounds like 1972, if any song does. This is where O.J. Simpson got his, uh, got his motivation from? Here it is. What they do, what they do. in your face. Backstabbers. All right, let's go to 1981. By the way, I just remembered. I think I was, I guess I had to be 11 the year of the Tylenol. So I was 11. Middle school? Probably not quite. 11, you were probably middle school, weren't you? Sixth grade? I don't think so. I think I was in sixth grade, probably. Oh, well, sixth grade's middle school. I guess it was sixth grade, so, not middle school then. To be clear, this is one of our karaoke duets. Yes. Yes, no isn't it? Okay, lives. were you busy rehearsing? Is that what it was? Well, no, I know it. All right. Kent, uh, Love and Affection, Nelson, number one in 90. The reason I'm saying, I think I, by middle school, I got too cool for Halloween costumes. Yeah, I don't think you were yeah. in well, middle school at that point. Knowing self, well, I'd have been well, like, I'm sixth, too sixth cool grade, for that. to me, is middle school. Uh, no, not for us. No, no, no. Uh-huh. Sixth grade is elementary school. <laughs> One for, room for schoolhouse, us, For right? us old fogies. Sure, yeah. I went <laughs> to school with uh, Willie Olson and uh, Nellie and my sister Mary and Carrie Little House on the Prairie. Uh, Biomos, uh, Enrique Iglesias in 1999. Yeah. Uh, many I'm, people I'm a, got that reference, Sam. Yes, I understand I, you did I, not. I know I've learned that the Olsen's Mercantile comes from Little House <laughs> that, on the Prairie. That's right. Oh, yeah. The Olsen kids were rich. They owned the Mercantile. I went uh-huh. to school with them. So Willie was always, look what I got. And then uh, look what you made me do, Taylor Swift, in 2017. There are your chart toppers for today. MB's Pearl of Wisdom says... There are some things you learn best in calm and some in storm. There are some things you learn best in calm and some in storm. MB's Pearl of Wisdom for today. Remember, God loves you, and I do too. If you don't know Jesus, let me know and I'll introduce you. Look forward to seeing you back here tomorrow for another edition of our show. For Sam Gormley, for Beej, I'm MB, and now you're in the know.